stupid. This podcast brought to you by the Galaxy S8. Yes. Okay. No, I have. Can't you want you to know what my phone plug is? Plug that actual song into the. Podcast? I don't give a fuck. Of course, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, Mike. My phone is something I forgot the name of. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's not a Galaxy S. Oh, okay. Isn't the S9 It is. Yeah. So this is part two of our twenty. What year is it? Twenty eighteen Oscars <sighs> podcast. Drew. I was gonna play some Dark Carnival. Nah. Whoop whoop. So we got Drew. Yon, oh, on, I don't know how to say your name anymore. Johan Carlo. <laughs> Myself, Sonia Campbell. For the reasons that I feel like baby driver. Frank. Nick and Mike. You rascals, you. We're going to move on to our next category: film editing. We're picking our picks <laughs> on this chimp chat and chill. Are you ready? I know I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right, film editing. Start with Nick. All right, should we list the options yeah. here? Yeah. And look at it. I got it pulled up so you can actually give credit to like, All right. Some of these yeah, but kind of cuts off. Well, you know. Baby Driver, Dunkirk, <laughs> I Tanya, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. You don't care about who the editors are? Yeah. Well, why don't you name them? In you don't reverse care about order. Who the editors are, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I Tanya. Tatiana Regal, Three Billboards, John Gregory, Shape of Water, Sidney Walensky, Dunkirk, Lee Smith, and Baby Driver, Paul Macklis, and Jonathan Amos. Cute! Listen, who do you think should win for best film editing in these Oscars? These here Oscars. Nick? Oh, I just <laughs> was talking. Okay. <laughs> thought I was going to get a break. You don't uh, have a pick? You do. Yeah. Lee Smith, Dunkirk. <laughs> And that's that, huh? That's that. Why? Those are the reasons that Mike is going to say. <laughs> Mike, why do you have Lee Smith as your uh, best film editing pick? You have three timelines coming in from out of nowhere in Dunkirk, and you watch it, and just they all just mesh together. They're all happening at the same time. It's one starting a week, one starting a... Like a day, and then another is, is like an hour. Mm-hmm. And they all... Same time. Right. He said three different ones. Yes, is it three different ones? He said same time. Why don't you come closer if you're going to tell your jokes? <laughs> Either way, I mean, to have them merge at uh, one singular point in the film and then continue on in their own directions so beautifully was... I mean, that really blew my mind. And uh, I actually had a... I'm, I didn't really fully appreciate it until I saw it the second time and was like sort of braced for when you actually see the the three different timelines coming mm-hmm. together and yeah it was, yeah, it was, it was done pretty cool and not confusing which no, is no, great kind of just yeah. dropped pieces in here and there and, and it like, also oh, got lead, it. but at the same time it didn't lead you by the nose you know a lot of right. a lot of films these days seem to feel the need to you know take the audience and physically lead them from point a to point b this one you know it gave you a very brief description one day the mole you mm-hmm. know, and that was it. And it was right. left up to you. It's like, oh, okay, I see, yeah. you know. You know yeah. It's left up to me to figure out what's going on, and, you know, it's right. part of the fun. It gives you a, a chance to use your brain yeah. while watching a film, yeah. which is great. Okay. Big brain. <laughs> Johan, who do you got for film editing? Do you want to see their names? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't really then? have much of an opinion on this category, honestly. Have um, you never done any editing? I have, but oh. um, I feel like so much of the editing is determined by the writer and director. Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who to that? No. <laughs> well, because the... Uh, As a writer and director sitting here <laughs> across from Nick and an editor across from Frank, um, no, I have, I have no control over how the edit comes out as a writer. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. So. Pretty much. He can make a completely different story. Absolutely. But the, the director well, I mean, the, the and the story is written are, three times, you know, from mm-hmm. the writer yeah. to the director to the editor. Those the the editor is really... They should receive more recognition yeah, than they do. So I'm gonna go on a quick diatribe. Uh, Please educate me. Well, this is for you a little bit because apparently you don't respect the craft of editing. No, I do. Okay. <laughs> the choices are, uh, you know, they have choices based on the shots and matching it to the script, right? But there's a lot of shots they can make choices. So yeah. okay, orders. in in filmmaking, you have. But isn't the director choosing the shots? I mean, <laughs> in I filmmaking, know. you have. I've only done everything by myself. You have all of these elements <laughs> in filmmaking, right? So you have cinematography, you have the camera, right, and that has its own version of it in another medium which is photography or painting or whatever. You have music and you have music existing in other mediums. You have performance acting existing in other mediums on the stage. You have uh, writing exists in obviously other mediums, novelists, so on. But editing is the only craft that only exists purely in film. It is the, in my opinion, the truest art form of filmmaking is editing. You can't do that in any other medium the way that you can do it in filmmaking. And you think about, I mean, you can boil it down to the, you know, the most simple version of it, which is what shot do you use when you start the shot, when you end the shot. But within that, there are so many different ways that that story can go. And a strong editor, I would say, plays as much of a role in the creation of a film as a strong writer does. Uh, into the, you know, you can completely change the intention well, the, of a character. The editor or, actually makes the film. In yeah. A way. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like 100% True. though. Sometimes you can just see a film that could have been good with the right editor. Yeah. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting. My pick for best editing of these is Baby Driver. Yes. Because technically, <laughs> just those car chase scenes are ridiculous. Like, I, I just was really impressed. Like, when I was watching the film, I thought to myself, of the editor while watching it. And that doesn't happen that often. Usually it's. It doesn't stand out that much. But that's a good example of what I was saying because that that's not just like the director shooting a bunch of random car driving scenes Could and then throwing it to the editor <laughs> and saying, make this Could, look That's good. what I would do. But <laughs> like in honest, my mind, would it would just... have been a very planned process to get this shot in this Oh, yeah. Shot. I'm sure it was definitely very planned. He actually storyboarded yeah. the entire film exactly. and shot it down to the second. So that, that may so... not be the best example of an editor's role. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that... <laughs> but you have multiple angles, I don't... too. You know, for each shot that they plan out, you have multiple angles. He so didn't really down. do that, though. I mean, that, that was, he he, I mean, he had like a couple of crash camps, but that really is like, if you look at the original storyboards and you compare it to like they had animatics to the okay, second previous. like I'll, they were cutting also on wasn't, set yeah wasn't that had to wasn't that cut yeah. live 
Yeah, that's, Pretty that's much. exactly what Didn't he cut it for. with the editor live? Yeah. So well, in this laptop. case, it was... That makes it even yeah. more impressive to me, then. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why, the, that's oh, why, that's why it's my it. pick, is just because it's so cool. Camera yeah. switching on set. Like what they do in television, where you, you hmm. cue cameras. I don't know if he did that. I think he, like, they were bringing it in still, but they were doing like super, super quick turns, oh, where cutting, they were cutting okay. those sequences. That's cool. That's, okay. that's, that's kind of a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like they were choreographed to the music and so they had to make sure that they mm. they're like oh fuck we need to, this this shot has to last two seconds longer i said mm-hmm. in the the dga podcast he'd been working on this for 22 years yeah really they it started as a music it. video concept no and then they shot it all in real time 48 minutes <laughs> <laughs> on an iphone on an iphone the entire movie and edited it right then and there all right so next category original score back in with some music because, uh, yeah, I just skipped over everybody with film editing again. Um, <laughs> this time I won't, I swear to God. Um, so for original score, Hans Zimmer, Dunkirk, my man Johnny Greenwood, Phantom Thread, Alexandre Desplat, Desplat mm-hmm. The Shape of Water, John Williams, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and then Carter Burwell for Three Billboards. So, yeah. Um, Johnny Greenwood. I didn't ask you, <laughs> but now I'm going to. So you say Johnny Greenwood for best yes. original score. Tell me why. It's just the most listenable score. I, it, it also <laughs> was very important to the film. It, it's true. Probably, maybe even the standout feature of the film is, I think, the music and the mood that it lends. The sort of ambiguous, almost tense feeling hmm. you get from a movie that isn't really... Otherwise, that tense. <laughs> and the, the music just gives that, that extra weird dimension to it. Right. But also beautiful and lovely and all that. And just, yeah. um, I was listening to it for like, you know, a couple weeks afterwards. I know, I know for original score, um, y- you have to, something specific has to happen in order for it to qualify for original score. I mean, yeah, original. But why, for instance, wouldn't Call Me By Your Name score be in this category? Does anyone know? Like, I remember there was... Yeah, because a good chunk of... Well, Sue Ferron Stevens wrote three songs for it, like mm-hmm. lyric songs, though. Yeah. Um, I think only two made it into the movie. And then I believe a good chunk of the actual score uh, is based or is um, new recordings of older compositions. Okay. That oh, I, I, I think that's... I think that's what right. I is what happened. So there's a big difference between score and original song. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, when the social network won, that was score, because mm-hmm. it's, it's the undercurrent of everything, whereas an original song, right? Am oh, I, true. Am I right? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. There's Mystery of Love, Call Me By Your Name for in song. Yeah. So, Drew, what do, you, what do you like for original score? Uh, I like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Good old John Williams. Yeah. Can't go wrong. It's a good I mean, score. It's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. I'd love to say John Williams, but Dunkirk, Dunkirk <laughs> kept, kept me kept me on uh, kept me on edge and really really swayed my emotional state throughout the the course of that movie. Um, you know, we had these pulse pounding beats that just kept on coming and coming and coming and coming, it just wouldn't stop. Um, throughout these dogfight sequences and stuff, and then this, these droning, long notes that were eerily reminiscent of like a uh, 
a foghorn on a ship that just came yeah. out of nowhere and just blared across. And, I mean, it just really made it unsettling and I feel like sort of put you in a state of what it was, what it felt like being one of the soldiers on the beach, not knowing if you were going to be strafed by a plane in a few minutes, you know, or if the enemy was going to come over the hill and start shooting you down. Um, you know, it's, it was really, really strong. John Williams, love him, uh, cried when I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl, you know. Uh, Why, was he scary? <laughs> he was amazing. Um, but, I mean, this score, it really, Star Wars has lost it did its nostalgia it for, for me. Yeah. I got it. Do you lost have an opinion nostalgia. on score, Frank? I do. Uh, definitely the Phantom Thread. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you have a score that when a company with an actor like Daniel Day-Lewis and it's still able to emote and bring you into the, the headspace and sort of that emotional space where he was at and doesn't um, take over mm -hmm. the image that you're looking at. Right. It's, that's, it, it really just ties it all together and stays Yeah, and I hadn't heard a score like this from Johnny Greenwood before, so that was pretty cool. Um, what about you, Nick? What did you think? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, throw three billboard boards. Yeah, three billboards has a surprisingly good score, and it's easy to forget about that. Yeah. Uh, totally agree with you guys about Johnny Greenwood and Phantom Thread, um, especially because it is very different than what he's done before. Uh, but the the score that I can still kind of hear the most mm -hmm. is uh, Alexander Desplat's work in uh, Shape of Water. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean he. He, you know, created that that theme, that melody that felt like, you know, this character can't talk, but we can feel what she's going through, and it, uh, so much of that tone is tied back into um, into that score. Yeah. Uh, and I I've, I like everything that he's ever done, uh, so I would mm -hmm. love to see him do uh, get cool. a, get a, get a, get an award for it. Yeah, you know? I like. Jo nice. I, I'm I'm there with Johnny Greenwood, so. Cool. Yeah, but anybody here, I don't really, like you said, don't really remember Three Bullets. Hey, it's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> it's going to be sad seeing the in memoriam yeah. part um, with Johan Johansson's name up there. I was just Zimmer. thinking about that, man. Yeah. Well, didn't Zimmer do Blade Runner too? Though? We're talking about Johan Johansson right now. Yeah, so. but like, <laughs> like, I think of him in connection with Blade Runner because he, he originally was going to do the the score for Blade Runner. Oh. But yeah, then he's, he's done all the stuff. He's done so movies. much stuff. Did he do the new Sicario? I'm willing to. Did, before, sounds, yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably before he died. Right. If there's anybody that listens to this, uh, <laughs> nope. I would say check out uh, Copenhagen Dreams. It's a uh, score that Johan Johansson did for this experimental uh, documentary film. Um, I've never actually seen the film, but the score for it is amazing. Space it just like uh, it. I mean, it, it's something you can just throw on in the background, or you can just listen to it, you know, for an hour and a half straight, and you feel like very mm -hmm. much transported. A lot of his music is you can get it on, on uh, Spotify. There's the yeah. mic right here. Oh, a lot of the music <laughs> from Johan you can get on Apple Music or Spotify. Spotify, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's really good to just throw on the background to write to, yeah. take a bubble bath. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> say, man, like I was. Uh, <laughs> you know, this not since like Philip Seymour Hoffman did. Uh, yeah. Did, you know, somebody because that, like, an, an artist that I really, really cared about right. and I really I, admired his work. I mean, um, there are plenty of people uh, people who do music scores that you know their names, but he was someone that came along kind of just the last few years yeah. to my world, and I was 
that's one person I actually would listen to the scores I'm not watching a movie, and I don't no, normally don't do that because they made such an emotional impact. And, and I've even heard the scores done in, used in other films they weren't intended for, and they made the film so much better. So it definitely bummed me out when you think about the potential yeah. of this guy and his career and what he left behind. Yeah, it's, I mean, he, j- he just came to, you know, kind of a broader audience really within the last few years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it sucks thinking about fuck. What what else could he have made? Right. That, you know, we didn't get to hear. I right. really wanted to hear his Blade Runner yeah. score, mm-hmm. and then I I wasn't disappointed by Simmers. It was cool too, but mm-hmm. um, it would have it would have added something way different. I mean, I might might have even liked the film more. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, all right. So moving on to sound editing and sound mixing, the same films are nominated for both categories. Mike, do you think within 10 seconds you can describe the difference between sound editing and sound mixing? <laughs> I would say sound editing is the design and creation of sound effects and the working on of dialogue to refine it and make it sound better, sweetening and such. Okay. Uh, mixing would fall under taking all the aspects of the soundtrack for the film, your score, your music, your um, sound effects, dialogue, and then leveling it to a area that's pleasing. A nice blended. Okay, great. Th- well, these are going to be different people. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should just go through both. Yeah. We can do it. We can do it. Um, what? You want to pick one? No. It's the same you want to pick what's nominees. more important? But it's not the same list of people. <laughs> but what? also, we didn't list all the people for cinematography either. Nobody knows who anyone is. That was it. <laughs> that was it yeah. We don't need to. We don't need to. Well, if we're going to list the people here, then we should go back in. Nah. No? Sound editing. we talk about Rachel Morrison? She's the first female uh, DP nominated. That's cool. <laughs> sure. For Mudbound? Yeah. She also just did it uh, is Black cool, Panther. But Mudbound, it was... I didn't really think cinematography was all that. Well, that's like your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Black Panther? She also just did Black Panther. She did Black she Panther? She was the DP. <laughs> nice. I'm so happy if Black Panther did not that... win a single award. <laughs> well, it's like a well, it's... comic book movie, so probably won. <laughs> <laughs> Has not... any other Marvel wo- movie won a bunch of awards? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Guardians, yeah, of the Galax- yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. 2 is um, for uh, up for visual effects. That makes mm-hmm. sense completely. So listen. It's up there with Kong Island or Kong Skull Island. Uh. <laughs> uh, that green mist. Didn't that come out like two years ago? What do you like for like sound? Baby Driver, Blade Runner, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, Star Wars. Oh, Blade Runner. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on to Johan. What do you like for <laughs> sound editing and sound mixing the film? We'll just talk about the film. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, so Blade Runner, I think, was kind of overshadowed by its score. I can't really think of any individual sound elements that weren't kind of watered down by that uh-huh. kind of fat synth sound. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I'm going to say Dunkirk. Yeah, um, cool. Like, just all the sounds of the engines and, you know, the bombs and... <laughs> the Stuka dive bomber, that thing, scary. <laughs> um, that's what I got. What about you, Drew? Editing Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
really profoundly good job with the car chases and not using the same shitty engine and exhaust and tire squealing. They're like they really put some thought into it. And mixing Star Wars, just because there's so many components going on there. And when you're making a completely artificial land and having to come up with everything and put it together, how does it actually work? Yeah. So. Cool. Um, I have, for editing and mixing Baby Driver, um, the sound stood out to me like another character. It was really sharp and cool and, um, you know, like to hear all those little precise noises of the car was just really great. I liked the way it was done. Um, what about you, Nick? Blade Runner. That's it? Yeah, for both of them. I forgot you even said that. You're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Um, I'm going to say Dunkirk. Um, I feel like the other ones... Well, I, I just feel like Dunkirk... Um, I, didn't, I didn't particularly like the narrative component of it, but... The the dog fights really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. That that of all the movies, and I think of the sound, that particular aspect of the movie is what stood out the most to me. It was the most mm -hmm. unique, and I don't know what it's like to be up there, but yeah. it gave you a good sense of what it would feel like to be in that situation. Totally, and I assume Mike that you feel the same way. <laughs> no. Um, oh, what? Hey, curveball. For, for sound editing, I would probably give both to Blade Runner, um, followed by Star Wars, and then mm. followed by Dunkirk. Hmm. The issue with Dunkirk and all of Christopher Nolan's films is he tends to make his actors mumble. Mm. Uh, a lot of his dialogue comes out very muffled, and it's a thing across a lot of forums that I'm a part of with all sound mixers, post and production where we all have issues with just the intelligibility of his actor's dialogue. So, hmm. I mean, that and as far as, um, yeah, and that goes, that I would say that crosses in with the, the mixing as well. Um, Blade Runner brought back similar feelings that you got from hearing Vangelis. Now, granted, Vangelis in the first Blade Runner was primarily a score element. But in this one, it, I felt like was used a lot as a sound effect to enhance the sort of cyberpunk, dystopian future feel. And what's more, they also used a lot of unique sounds just randomly uh, that I thought really changed the way you took in the, the landscape. One scene in particular um, was when you're, you're cruising through the street and you see these giant tall... Uh, holographic billboards and then there's this some sort of like it sounds like a rubber band just being constantly like strummed like if it was stretched out it's really hard to describe um, it's actually an instrument in like used in like Africa that you swing around and it makes this sort of buzzing sound and it just comes in and then goes away comes in and goes away comes in and goes away and you're both confused but at the same time, like, really just, like, interested, intrigued by it. And so it was that type of stuff that really just brought that future world of Blade Runner uh, to life for me. So, nice. so that's, cool. that's for both of them. Can you please give a better answer next time? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was the best answer to anything <laughs> ever <laughs> we've, we've <laughs> ever done amazing, on this man. show. Did you, who else has seen Mute? I have. The, I'm not yet. The, not yet. Um, the soundtrack, the score on that is 
fucking great. Yeah. It's Clint Mansell. Did you know? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, oh, sweet. Nice. I didn't yeah. realize that. Really good. I just, I, I mean, that one film was better to me than all of uh, Altered Carbon. <laughs> yep. It, yes. Right? It was. Uh, let's go on to visual effects. So, visual effects. You want to list these, Nick? Yeah. Little Nicky? Duh. <laughs> um, cool. Do it. Oh. Stop taking your time. Well, they all have... There's multiple people for all of this. Blade Runner 2049. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Kong. Skull Island. Star Wars The Last Jedi. War for the Planet of the Apes. Three men and a little lady. No. (laughs) So somebody educate me on visual effects. I mean, like CGI and shit, man. <laughs> Come on. It's like cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Visual effects. Um, it's special. okay. Never yeah, mind. Special was, effects. Yeah. Well, special effects are physical. The visual effects are digital. Digital. These art. are all. This these is, are all pretty this is goddamn the digital. List of digital artists that goes on for five minutes. Yes, at the end your of Star compositors. Wars. Your <laughs> there you go. That's a good mm-hmm. summary. I think the Kong Skull Island was practical, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just like blown up creatures that are actually this small. No, but I hated fucking Kong. Yeah. So yeah, I got I got Blade Runner as best visual effects. Oh yeah, um, duh. It's just difficult to top the visual effects in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would be happy too if War for the Planet of the Apes won because. I thought that all those monkey dudes looked really good. <laughs> like, it's easy to make, um, not easy, but it's super common to see um, animals or creatures that look like shit on screen, um, like Kong, <laughs> where it just doesn't look real or seamless or natural. And then there's movies like War for the Planet of the Apes where it, I mean, that could be a monkey dude walking around talking. Um, they did a great job, I thought, um, with those visual effects. So. Why did they not get a makeup nomination? That's not makeup. There's no makeup involved in War for the Planet of the Apes? It's all CG. No. Yeah. Every single monkey? Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy shit. That's that good, yeah. It's just Andy Serkis in the green in green tights, uh, basically. It's a, new, it's a new field. It's digital makeup. And I'm not kidding about that. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> in he case you didn't joking. know by his tone. So those are my picks. What about you, Nick? Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. I... I think all three of the the new Planet of the Apes <laughs> movies are fantastic. That team um, should do everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it's they're these big like Shakespearean dramas mm-hmm. that are done completely with these motion capture actors and the entire teams that are building those performances together. And you, you think of you know this is the the closing to Caesar's journey, and you know Caesar is this big kind of uh, mythological archetype figure, mm-hmm. and you know I, I feel like this is just. You know all of these people that came together to tell that one character's story, mm-hmm. not just metaphorically, but literally telling that story. Um, you know, figuring out how much do we shift his eyebrow up? Mm-hmm. What does that communicate? How much don't we do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's you would not have any emotional impact without uh, right. that level of quality. Hmm. Yeah. Most deaf. What do you think, Frank? I. For all the reasons Nick just listed, Planet of the Apes. I'm sorry, uh, War for Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah, to, <laughs> Get hu- it right. to humanize, <laughs> to yeah. humanize um, a chimpanzee like that, or all of them for that matter, mm-hmm. wasn't just one. And the orangutan. <laughs> and the orangutan and the gorillas and all that. It's uh, that's got to be incredibly, incredibly yeah. challenging um, to do. So yeah, I agree. 
what do you think, Yuan? Uh, first of all, I want to say not Blade Runner. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I hate this technology that they think is good, but it's not, which is digital characters that are real people, or once were. In this case, um, what's her name? Sean Young? Yeah. Oh, she, she looked pretty that. watery it and weird. so gross. And <laughs> I just... That was the one thing in that movie that just brought it down a notch for me, mm-hmm. visually. Uh, and War of the Apes, I was just bored to death by, or whatever it was called. Um, Why, were so, you on Xanax or something? No, but I just, <laughs> I don't care how good the digital art is, I still can't relate to digital monkeys. <laughs> well, maybe that's what you should start working on in 2018. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's a real opportunity for uh, some self-growth. Yeah. Yeah. Aversion therapy. They put you in a box <laughs> with, monkey. with digital monkeys. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say Star Wars. All right. And no reason to say why. We all know. Because it know. looks awesome. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Drew? Um, yeah, Star Wars is, is always the safe bet for, for visual. I mean, even the <laughs> shitty old ones. Oh, yeah. Still looks know, great. It still looks great. Not the shitty old, old ones, because those are amazing because they're practical. But even the prequels, still, they did some really good stuff. Oh. Droid armies and, you know. The old, the, old ones aren't shitty. No, no, no. The old ones are amazing. They're mm-hmm. practical effects. They're practical yeah. effects. Like, even episode yeah, practical one, effects one for two, sure. three, I mean, you know. Yeah. That were, visual effects were good, even though the movies were not. Oh, um, I was thinking four, five, six. No, those are amazing. those are. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Anyway, um, I I I'd like to see Guardians win just because that'd be cool. Yeah, but it's not better than the other ones on here. So no. Kong. No. <laughs> yeah. So, eh, Mike. Well, people brought up some good points. I mean, I was completely sold on Blade Runner at first. <laughs> um, Guardians has some astonishing detail to its visual effects. Um, and War of the Planet of the Apes is, like, I mean, I just completely bought into the fact that Caesar is real and, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're hearing him speak and yeah. going on the, uh, the story with him. I would have to say I reconsidered. I mean, I was going to mm-hmm. give it to Blade Runner, but War of the Planet, War yes. for the Planet of the Apes. I mean, yeah. we won Blade him Runner over. did drop the ball with Sean Young. <laughs> I mean, and... The Anna de Armas thing was incredible with that, but I mean, Planet War for the Planet of the Apes was flawless. Anything cool. but Kong is our consensus. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, we're going on to adapted screenplay. Yes. Uh, take it away, Drew. This is an exciting one because. No, I mean, can you list them first? <laughs> <laughs> You were doing such a good announcer voice earlier. Oh, no. All right, adapted screenplay. (laughs) Call me by your name. The disaster artist Logan, Molly's Game, Mudbound, and Milo and Otis. (laughs) Milo and Otis? (laughs) I don't want to breathe. My farts don't stink. Look at you sounding all uppity. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start with you, Drew. (laughs) Um... Some really good stuff on here. Definitely, <laughs> definitely love the Disaster Artist, but it, it can't win now, which sucks. <laughs> um, Politics. Uh, love Logan and would love so much to see that win, just because 
it really goes back to like childhood old man logan like really hits home but i think the best among these is molly's game mm. uh, which i i loved um the sorkin dialogue is so on point and it's just so so good so, yeah Molly's his dialogue game. is so snappy man um cool all right so you're down with molly's game what Molly's about game, you yeah. uh johan Adapt. I don't know what any of these are adapted from. So I don't know like how I books can... and shit? <laughs> books book, and comics. Book, well, comic, like, okay. book, mud. <laughs> That's a book. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. The Disaster Artist, that was a book, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe they're, like, adapted from a true story. Television plays. <laughs> I don't know. They're adopted. Extreme of Adopted screenplays. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I didn't say adopted. I said adapted. But um, I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Frank. Yes. Scooch on in. I'm scooting in. Who do you? What do you like for okay, adapted? So I'm kind of torn between Molly's game and Mudbound, but mm-hmm. gun to my head, I'm gonna go with Mudbound. Are you? Okay. What scenario would someone put a gun to your head <laughs> and ask you which original adapted screenplay do you want? Or I'm Molly's game of Mudbound. Here's two, and you have to pick one. Um, I'm gonna go with Mudbound. All right. Why is that? Um, There's a gun to his head. <laughs> he For obvious reasons, I panicked. This is what I have to choose. Okay. Um, I think with with Molly's game. Um, so much I don't I guess because I haven't read Mudbound but so much of the material mm-hmm. that makes up Molly's game the the novel it's so rich it comes from an autobiography so it's just so much richness to it and I think I wouldn't say it makes it easier per se to, to create this film and make it but in a way it does um, with with Mudbound that that kind of story um, that was told I, I think I think they just did a better job um, all around of mm-hmm. Of presenting that narrative um, in a visual format, and I just mm-hmm. I just feel like it was better. All right, Mike. I think it's time to take comic books seriously. Um, <laughs> comic right. book movie so seriously. It's by time um, to Logan. take. I mean, comic books seriously. Yeah, no, Logan. I mean, uh, I don't know too much about the old man Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, storyline, mm-hmm. but from what I understand, it had a lot more s- material that was not introduced into the actual film. And for a number of reasons, I th- like the way that they omitted this but kept that, and mm-hmm. I think it plays really, really well and is an extremely good drama. Not just about n- really nothing to do with superheroes, just life and how it affects people as they get older and um I, it was just an extremely powerful movie for me is it a comic or graphic novel it's a graphic novel right. and it's loosely based on it because okay it yeah. gets, because it's called logan it gets, not old man logan. it gets really <laughs> it gets pretty wackadoo yeah. like venom takes over a savage line t-rex and what? the hulk's inbreed because she's the only one that can take a baby kicking so there's all these inbred hulks, and it's fucking crazy and great. Yeah. It's cool. a great graphic novel. That sounds way better than Logan. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I chose Molly's Game because Sorkin is the man. Uh-huh. I think that dialogue is just, like, ridiculous. Um, and, and, you know, those actors have to be badass to be able to, to deliver his lines well. So 
And I wouldn't be mad if Disaster Artists won, um, which, like Drew said, probably won't now, but I think it'd be great if it could. Um, the guy that wrote the screenplay <laughs> is not James Franco, so. Yeah, since Kevin Smith died. <laughs> so what's the political thing with Franco? Um, he, he pushed, what's his? Uh, Louis C.K. directed it. <laughs> Wait, what? James Franco is accused of quite a lot of sexual harassment by um, various women. Oh, that's So there okay. you go. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. Uh, let's move on Wait, to... I didn't get to say mine. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come Nick. Come on, man. He's going to say, call me by your name. I know it. Adapted screenplay. And I wouldn't... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm I, going to, I, but... I went back and watched it again, and... I appreciated it and you much more than the time. first time. Yeah. Call me by a name because I think it was a beautiful, well-done story and you could really see character evolution. Mm. Yes, I would say call me by your name because it's a beautiful, well-done <laughs> story and you really see character evolution and you feel like you're hanging out uh, that summer with, with these guys who are you know trying to figure their shit out. I would however, like to read that book. However, that is my runner-up. My number one uh, is Logan. <laughs> It's Logan. Logan. Yeah, I when I think about the movies that mm. like affected me the most this year, uh, Logan's right there at the top, and all the reasons that Mike had said uh, about it really being this this metaphor about aging uh, and about you know time passing you by and everything that goes with that. Uh, it just gets old. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think one of the one of the great things in that film is that they don't introduce. You know, this big end-of-the-world scenario. The only thing that can ultimately beat Logan is himself, and that comes back to the idea that you as a human, the only thing that ultimately can end you is you. Um, it, it feels like a Raymond Carver short story turned it into a comic book movie. I mean, there's so much beautiful Americana in that film. The performances are great, but I mean, that, and that, that starts with the words that are written. Uh, and it was a great send-off to, you know, a character that, um, you know, Hugh Jackman's been playing for, what, 15, 15 years? Hmm. Um, that I, I thought that was, you know, it's right there in the top three or four comic book movies of all time for me. Can I just make a little interjection here of what just happened? Yes. So Nick was going to say, <laughs> only by your name, but Frank made fun of him and I joined <laughs> in. And then he pivoted, and I, I can tell when Nick is bullshitting because mm -hmm. he starts using references like a Raymond Carver Raymond novel. Carver. <laughs> brought That's to not life. what so, at all. So he pivoted and he said, no. I'm going to no. do Logan. What does my thing say His here? His thing has a heart next to Logan. So yeah, there. So eat a dick. So, yeah. Uh, you said it was the runner up, though. Eat a dick. No, I said call him by your name was the runner up. Correct. And the heart means you, you want it to win. Drew, call Nick by his name, okay? <laughs> Can I go back to this one? I yes. Passed. Go back to uh, what? Adapted, adapted screenplay? screenplay? So I haven't read any of these books. <laughs> no. None of us have read. So how can you judge how well it's adapted? That's a good point. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just by instinct, okay? Okay, but yeah, my favorite of these movies is Logan. So <laughs> okay. All nice right. Pivot. Original screenplay. He wanted to fly around and just hit five and in. <laughs> he Dunkirked it out of here. <laughs> Original screenplay. Let's list them off, Drew. The Big Sick. <laughs> Get Out. Lady Bird. Shape of Water. And Three Billboards Outside of Missouri. <laughs> Which actress is that on stage? <laughs> 
Oh. You know Cher won an Oscar? Yeah, for a Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Snap out of it. For the mask. I thought it was for, <laughs> for the, Jim Carrey's The Mask. The <laughs> not, mask. not the touching story of a physically deformed man and his mother. The poorly CGI'd Jim Carrey vessel. <laughs> Cher played the dog. That was some good makeup and mask. Have you seen right? the CGI, though, after, like now? No. Wait, like a mask or the mask? Of mask. There isn't any. Yeah, when he has a computer on his head. It's stupid. <laughs> like an old-ass computer balanced on his head. Mm-hmm. All right, original screenplay. I'm going to go first, I guess. <clears throat> I would be happy with Shape of Water or Three Billboards because I just would be. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Nick? Oh, this is tough. Both of these uh, screenplay categories are pretty stacked, man. Yeah. Yeah. I would Except for say, Get Out. Did you read any of them? I <laughs> read all of them. Oh, and you can formulate an opinion. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, toss up for me between Lady Bird and Shape of Water. Uh, for very, I mean, they're two totally different Super movies. Super different, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else to say about that. Original screenplay. So, Drew, what did you think? Wait, uh, I heard The Shape of Water was ripped off from a student short film. And that was bullshit. It wasn't student, <laughs> student short It wasn't film. student short film. <laughs> it looks like a student short film. It was a play. And no. So, Drew. <laughs> um, I would love to see Big Sick win just because seeing um, Nanjiani yeah. win something would just be really cool because he seems like such a good... Like it's a, it's a good movie. It's a good script. Huh? Yeah. I, I also, seeing Jordan Peele win would be really, really cool. Um, it would be cool, but it wouldn't be warranted. No, I, I think Shape of Water should win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would just be really cool to see those two guys. I feel like Jordan Peele will win this category. Like, mm-hmm. that feels like... Like, if Get Out was going to win anything, I feel like it would be here. Yeah. And, like, I know, Sonia, you have your issues with it. And, like, those they're fair issues that you felt like it didn't go far enough. But the, at least not the final version. Yeah, but I do, you know, that the idea of taking this sort of weird liberal racism and turning it into this horror movie uh, was really well done. And was it a horror or a comedy? It's a horror. Like I, I feel like it's more of a horror than a comedy. To Definitely me, horror. I mean, it's yeah. a horror comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I really would be okay with any of these winning though. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, when I think of it in terms of original screenplay, then I, you know, it makes sense for Get Out. I just, there's no way I can see it for Best Picture at all. That's fair. So, Frank, what is your opinion? You know, I kind of want to go with Lady Bird. Um, I did read all three, or all three, all five of them. Hmm. And... In the tub? <clears throat> in the tub. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> But I'm going back and forth between Three Billboards and Lady Bird. I think um, Lady Bird was the most enjoyable read. Though. Yeah, it was. I think that's why it was the most. It was the the one that was kind of a, a page turner for yeah. me. It just it read well. It was very smooth. The characters were very well developed mm. and fleshed out. And so um, I'll go with Lady Bird. Three Billboards is really fun um, in terms of the story, and it's interesting to see a guy who's not American try to write American comedy. It comes out kind of <laughs> strange sometimes in a good way. Mike, what's your opinion? I'll say Get Out. Um, I say that because 
the way it was heading as far as the, the ending mm-hmm. um, had me worried for what the what was going to become the character and I was totally contemplating, spoiler alert, that he would wake up inside the dark place in already already in inside implanted mm-hmm. inside the uh with the old man taking over his body. Yeah. I figured he would wake up, you know, and that's where he would be. And I was so relieved when the car keeps on driving away after the end of the film and he's not actually trapped, mm-hmm. you know, in in the dark place or whatever it is, that subconscious zone. And I really like that feeling of being rewarded, you know, hoping for this, hoping, 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 and then it's like, yes, you know, got that's out. the way, that's the way, <laughs> exactly, yeah, you know, got Get out. out. And so, um, <laughs> that feeling, that that feeling definitely uh, made me uh, put that at the top of my list mm-hmm. for screenplay. Cool. What did you say you liked? Um, <laughs> Shape of Water oh, and yeah. Three Billboards Are that Tied. That was beautiful, though. They're tied Wasn't for me. Three billboards a lot funnier in script than it was. On I didn't screen. read the script. I, I rarely I read the script. script. More yeah, than I, enjoyed the movie. I know Martin McDonough. You know he it, his stuff is hilarious, but it, it not seen an American version of his things before, so it was kind of weird. Yeah. Like I was saying, but because you compare that to something like In Bruges and or yeah. Psychopaths, yeah. right? Yeah. The humor is just so you know English. Yeah. Tremors or whatever he is. <laughs> All right, so. We're down to the last category of best picture. This is where I get really nervous. Yeah, oh. original screenplay. All right, what original screenplay so do you like best? I just want to say, emphasis on original. Yes. Get out. Yeah. Very. Okay. Original. Mm-hmm. So was three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. No, that was Coen Brothers wannabe movie. Damn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, good. you're not. <laughs> no, it was good, and so was Lady Bird, and it's hard to pick, but. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say get out because it was so like weird and I thought it was funny. Yeah, um, it's funny. Like, I wasn't scared by it, but I was entertained and yes. I thought it was funny. I was scared about being in this sunken <laughs> dark place. The Why? idea that freaked me out. It reminded me of um, being John Malkovich. Oh know. yeah. <laughs> now I'm not scared anymore. It reminded Thanks. me of that episode of Black Mirror where uh, the teddy bear, the woman's trapped inside of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, best picture. List them, Drew. Call me by your name. Darkest Hour. Dunkirk. Get Out. Lady Bird. Phantom Thread. The Post. The Shape of Water. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mr. T's Christmas Sing-Along. <laughs> nice. So, who should we start with? I say Mike. Mike. Uh-huh. Who's your pick for best picture? Uh, honestly, <laughs> I just learned his name for the first time. Uh, oh. Mike, honestly, you seem so honored to go first. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, um, you know you didn't win anything, right? <laughs> honestly, you know, I, I expected actually a few other things to be on this list, but... Um, so what's for, missing to you? It's a long-ass list. Um, for what is on there, uh, <laughs> Dunkirk. What should have been on the list? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have put, I would have had Blade Runner up there for oh. uh, consideration, definitely, mm-hmm. because I, in my opinion, it was very strong. But no, Dunkirk, um, you know, under the category Best Picture, where it's the culmination of everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, Christopher Nolan really hasn't gotten over his mumbling dialogue <laughs> issue, but 
the presentation, the story. Um, Maybe he doesn't think it's an issue. Well, he doesn't. He, d- he obviously doesn't. Um, he likes it. Uh, everything about it came Bane. together, and you know, Batman, Bane, and Batman. Yeah, <laughs> everything about Dunkirk just came together and made it an exceptional movie. Darkest Hour was basically telling a very similar, was basically telling the same story, you yeah. know, but it wasn't as grand. Uh, a movie still has to have spectacle. It still has to draw you into the theater, mm-hmm. and. I pay. I drove two hours. I drove four hours twice to go see <laughs> Dunkirk in a specific theater. You kept getting lost in, <laughs> on, uh, on the biggest screen possible. You know, to see it in its proper aspect ratio with the biggest sound system. Mm-hmm. And both times, I walked away just completely happy. With what did your dates it think? Mm-hmm. It was Nick I was and Oscar. Oscar. It was yeah. It was Nick and Oscar. <laughs> I was satisfied. Yeah. And he was yeah. They were both satisfied. Let's move on to Frank. Yes. Best picture. Best picture. I'm gonna go with Phantom Thread. Um, I think when huh. you what's going on? I don't know. I agree with Mike's uh, angle that a movie needs to have a big spectacle, and I think that Phantom Thread mm-hmm. is. I think it's a movie that's not doesn't belong in this era of of movies. Um, <clears throat> And I think that might be why I enjoyed it so much because it was a really bold thing to do. Um, there's doesn't seem like there's really an audience for those kinds of movies mm-hmm. anymore that, that tie in really, really good dramatic acting with beautiful imagery, beautiful storytelling, and um, to tie it in with uh, an weird shit score. too. Yeah, and weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it was the only movie that, that of, on this list that I didn't walk away with it fully grasping the. Uh, the sort of the statement that they wanted to make because I feel like there's so many different meanings mm-hmm. and there's it just led to so many conversations. I mean, you and I had one, you know, after. And I think mm-hmm. when a movie can do that and it hits you in, in a really visceral place, I think it deserves. Yeah, I love when something sticks with you. Yeah. All right, Nick, you're up. Best picture. Yeah, this is this is hard. Uh, I'm going to say every time you said this is hard, loop it in a song. This is this is this is hard. <laughs> Is, you know, none of them really stood out to me as like the hands down yeah. best picture. You it's, know. A, it's a really good list. Yeah, and I think like last year. Except for Get Out. Moonlight was last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like, and that for me How was. How can like, you yeah, forget that? Moonlight was, <laughs> like, Moonlight was the best picture. Like, it, it definitely was. Was even close for me. Right. Um, this one, they're all kind of like oh, okay, maybe this, maybe that. So mm-hmm. a lot of it depends on the day, but <laughs> I, uh, I. I think Shape of Water will win, or Dunkirk will win. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, Call Me By Your Name, though, was the one that... Made you the hardest. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uh, said, yeah. But it, it was the one that stuck with me the most. Yeah. You know, it was the one where, like, I still kind of found myself thinking about, you know, different sequences, thinking about that final... Mm-hmm. Um, that last you know, scene. That, yeah, the final shot with uh, that song playing as he's looking over the fireplace. Uh, that dad monologue. That dad monologue so is amazing. Good. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of great little moments in that uh, in that film that really just stick with you mm-hmm. for a while. So that part where everything was like the predator was watching you. <laughs> <laughs> the dancing. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, well, it did definitely have that good, like, sort of classic European film yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Drew, what do you think for Best Picture? 
I actually only saw three of these, so. <laughs> uh, no, there, it really is a good list. Any of these, I don't think you could make a strong argument against if it won, or you mm, couldn't. I could. The post. <laughs> shouldn't win. The po yeah. Yeah, why is the post nominated? <laughs> Did you see Steven it? Spielberg. Yeah. Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. And, and Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> um, that being said, Lady Bird wins. Yeah. Is that your favorite to win, or would you prefer um, something else? My favorite on here was um, Billboards, but I, yeah. I, I do think Lady Bird will win. Cool. Highest rated movie ever, right? Lady Not Bird. anymore. Now what is it? Paddington 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It beat it Have out. you guys seen the Paddington movies at all? It's it's really really like really I did watch yeah. the first one yeah. with, yeah. with Sally Hawkins. I heard it's like a Wes Anderson movie, but for kids. It's cute. I watched it and enjoyed it. While I was doing other things, so I got a, I got a peanut butter jelly sandwich afterwards. Huh? Paddington too. <laughs> <laughs> no it. Just come out. Oh it? Actually, no, <laughs> I don't think so. For the worst film of 2017. So what did you think? What's your pick for my, best picture? My choice. Um, it's you know it's a tough one. Some good movies on here. Mm -hmm. Best picture. It's all uh, writing on you. <laughs> I guess to. For me, it's between uh, Dunkirk and Phantom Thread, and I'm going to go Phantom Thread because I'm feeling romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I had mushrooms today, so I'm not. <laughs> What's mushrooms do? Haven't you seen Phantom Thread? He's tripping, oh. he's tripping balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they smelled like feet. I had to stop eating them. Were so, they just feet? Might have been just feet. Did you know that the shape of water, the um, the breath that they use underwater is is recycled from Titanic in the really cold scenes? I don't doubt it. It's not true. I know the guy who actually did that. Yeah, the visual effects for the breath. Oh yeah. God, Christoph, I know I know him in person. Yeah. For, for what? Titanic. Huh. Yeah. Why is this happening? Uh, I need to find all of these clips <laughs> and put them together. Oh, Mike, can I, I say one thing about Darkest Hour? Please do say one thing about Darkest Hour. Uh, ben Mendelsohn is really, really good in it. Oh, who's Ben Mendelsohn play? Uh, the king. Is the plague? <laughs> the stuttering jackass? Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, what? cool, cool. What? Colin Firth? No. He, in well, the Darkest Hour. Character oh. The king of England. And I was asking, it was That's a stuttering cool. one. Yeah. 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 George. George. So listen, I have the same as Nick. Uh, Shape of Water is my fave. Dunkirk for Best Picture would be great too. Um, everything else, whatever. I don't think it's on the same plane as as Shape of Water and Dunkirk. Phantom Thread. I stand. I can't get past comparing it to my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film, There Will Be Blood. That thing, that film gave me such a weird feeling afterwards oh, yeah. for days. Gosh. Yeah. And I'll never, I'll, nothing compares. What about Punch Drunk Love? That's what I thought. What about it? <laughs> I, that's the one it's closest to for me. Really? Yeah. That's a guy thing. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else? Guys? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I didn't hear what you said. Punch Drunk Love? Don't you see a comparison? I've actually never seen Punch Drunk Love. Oh, okay. For real? Yeah. I'm not, I'm I'm not seeing a comparison. That's I'm comparing. <laughs> the feeling you got. Exactly. Top five sports movies of all time. <laughs> Punch, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love is a boxing movie, isn't it? <laughs> UFC? Oh, God. All right. Well, it's just like that offbeat love story between weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, though, because 
Paul Thomas Anderson has like two very distinct separate phases. <laughs> like True. there was like the Robert Altman Scorsese phase of like Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and Punch Drunk Love, mm-hmm. and then there's like when he started doing more. It's like kind of serious. Yeah. Then you have There Will Be Blood shit. and The Master, and I guess that's in where Vice is a joke, but, or not a joke, but a comedy. Uh, it's a joke. I like Inherent Vice. I think it's fun. Is that the one? He said he doesn't know what one of them is even about. Is it the Master? Yeah. I love it. The Master might be my favorite. What are you? Punch Rock Glove was my favorite for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite? Uh, The Master, I think. But I think There Will Be Blood is the best. Yeah. Like, that one gave me weird dreams and everything. Such like a big epic. Yeah. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? Right, and when you tell, like, what it's about just to somebody who's never seen it, they would be like, that sounds boring, but it's completely the opposite of boring because it's so absurd. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that wraps up the Oscar podcast for Crown Champ. I can't whistle. Thank you for listening. Sorry you have to listen. Thanks for uh, inviting me back again. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me back, too. You're yeah, welcome. Too. Thanks oh, for Frank for thing? dropping can by. Can I plug my oh, film? Yes. Yeah, plug something. Gun Driver, my film, is now available on Amazon Prime. So go search for it on Amazon and watch it. Gun Driver. Nice. Go watch it, you dummies. Aww.